Welcome to a new episode of Talking Rivals, a weekly show exploring everything about the best bleeping rivalry in baseball, co-hosted by Patrick covering the Boston Red Sox and co-hosted by myself covering the New York Yankees. And remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Talking Rivals, get us on the web at TalkingRivals.com, catch up on all the episodes. You can also find our other newer episodes wherever you find your episodes at Amazon, Spotify, Apple, Google, and iHeartRadio. You can follow Patrick on Twitter, at Patrick Trotty. And you can follow myself, at CP7NY. And you can also find us on SportsWire Radio at sportsanarium.com backslash player. And you can follow the station manager there, Thomas Bryce, at Thomas Bryce 2017 for all the scheduling of all the other great shows. So, Patrick, we have opening day finally upon us, days away. Yeah, a couple of <laughs> Was it three days? And I saw something where this past weekend was the last weekend without baseball for the next six and a half months. Beautiful. Yep. So it's a good <laughs> feeling. Yes. Uh, big news with the Yankees. Uh, some smaller moves with the Red Sox, but let's jump right into it with Anthony Volpe making the team. Something that I think we both agreed that he would have, that he was going to start in AAA and, and whether it be because of the manipulation of the roster time, uh, big league service time, or just getting him regular at bats. But he, he definitely, he performed well enough to get this, this uh, promotion. Yeah, totally agree. Um, yeah, he played, he played great this spring training. Um, definitely outplayed Peraza. Um, do I think it's right or wrong? I, I'm kind of on the fence uh, because of that reason. And because of, you know, Peraza's already done what he could do in AAA. There's nothing else that guy could prove or anything in AAA because he he's done that already. And he proved a little bit, uh, you know, the little bit that he came up last year at the end of the season that he could hit Major League Baseball too. And he could field well. Um, he actually made the postseason roster. He started a game for them and he did well there. Um, so there was really nothing for him else to prove, but now you got Volpe who, and, and this all started too, back right after the season ended when, when, you know, when the players went home, Steinbrenner called Volpe and basically told him, listen, be ready for spring training. Cause you're going to have a shot to win this short, the shortstop job. And I think that kind of not just planted the seed, but that made it out to be a competition. And, you know, and maybe I wonder if Cashman was all for that too, because of the, um, um, because of the team control and everything, getting the extra team control. If he's, if he goes down to AAA for three weeks. Right. So I'm, I'm wondering if Cashman was on board with that, because I don't know if he would have been, but listen, it is what it is. That's water under the bridge. It's done. Volpe made it. He'll be at shortstop on opening day. And I think it's a great thing. Um, but to me, I, I look at real quick, I, I look at the three players or four players. I'll add another player in, involved, but how each one is going to, is going to react to this news, right? Not just react, but perform, right? You got Volpe obviously gets to promotion. How is he going to, how is he going to perform? I don't think they're going to bat him lead off. He'll probably bat in the lower part of the batting order, ease him in, all that stuff. You know, they did the same thing with Jeter when he came up for comparisons. 
Um, so I think he'll handle it well. I He looks like he's got the mental, you know, aspect of the game figured out. I think he's going to be fine. He's mature. Um, Peraza, that's the interesting one for me because he proved everything, like I said, and got promoted and did everything he could possibly do to get promoted, did fine while he was up here. Yeah, I, he didn't have a good uh, spring training, right? He only he batted, I think he batted just under 200 or just over 200, one home run. Um, how is he going to react to being sent down? Like, is he going to, is he going to sulk? And, you know, like we all would do, <laughs> you know, we'd all sulk at this point. And I think we've all done it in the past. But um, is he going to say, all right, I'm going to just keep, you know, I'm just going to keep playing my hardest and and be ready when they when they call me again. So I think he's an interesting player. And is now he I just a shortstop or um, he could play second also. I don't know if he could play third. I don't know if I'm trying to think if they played him at third at all this spring training. Hmm. I know they played him at second. Um, but now this kind of opens up the door. Not that I want him traded, but now you look at Cashman. And is he going to possibly now be okay with trading Peraza at some point, you know, in one of these deals that we, we heard about all last year? Oh, nope. The trade is off once you heard Peraza's name. I wonder if Cashman is going to make a move. I thought, it, I thought there was going to be a move before opening day, and I, I still could see the possibility, um, you know, maybe, maybe less Peraza, but maybe more Torres or maybe IKF, because IKF, He's valuable, but we have two guys that can play all over the place. You right. know, we have Cabrera and we have DJ who could play multiple positions. So, and I'm sure Volpe could play second and third if you had to, but um, I, I don't, you know, it's nice. A Volpe is a nice piece to have on your team. Guy could play anywhere. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But we already got two players that could basically do that. So I, I could definitely still see a trade happening. Um, but I don't know. It kind of opens up for me. It opens up the door that Peraza might get traded at some point. I thought it was going to be Torres more than anybody, but I think it opens up the door a little bit for Peraza. Cause maybe, I don't know. What, what do you think with Peraza? Like, okay, he didn't hit great. I get it. He hit like two eleven or whatever it was. Yeah, to me, I always heard that Peraza was the better fielder of the two. Yeah. I still, I still think that's, True. And if he can go to AAA and I guess just come back from this uh, tough spring training as far as hitting, I, I think you could I, – I could see a trade, definitely. Yeah. This, this year. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen before opening day, but I, I definitely think that you could trade him and keep – it's tough because most Yankee fans will say, get rid of IKF. Yeah. Obviously, Peraz is younger, more control, higher upside. You kind of know what you have in IKF. But um, I could see – I think this all comes back to how does how does uh, Cabrera do and how does, how does DJ do as far as his health. Right. And, and if those two pan out like they should, like I think most Yankee fans think they will, I think a combination of Peraza and even Torres might be traded. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely see that. And I'm the problem with, I think, trades now is that 
I don't think there's a match with another team because the Yankees would probably want, I, I would think, a starting pitcher at this point, right, with all the injuries they've had and who knows what uh, to expect later on. Um, but who would give up a starting pitcher right now? Like, a, gonna, would, I think it's going to yeah. take a team to kind of fall out of it. Yeah, soon, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was I, I was just thinking, like, teams that can match up for a second baseman, that's more more likely. Like, let's say to trade Torres, but the return is what I'm worried about, right? Because I think I, I was thinking f- the Phillies for Torres. Imagine adding Torres to that lineup. Because I think they yeah, got – um, what do they got? Bryson Scott, I think, at second. Yeah, they're – and they have – I think they signed Josh Harrison. Right. But if you could – add him to that lineup that helps a lot um i'm I'm trying to think though pitching wise yeah i don't know what i don't think they have anything and and that's not a team that has the top pitcher in all of baseball as far as prospect but right below that something below that i'm not sure yeah i i don't think they have the extra one to trade toros for just a prospect you want to get something that you know you can use on the field this year Right. Exactly. Totally agree. That's why I don't know if it's, I, I, yeah, that's why I don't, I think what you, you said is more, more likely to happen when, if, you know, after maybe I would say after two months, if somebody, if a team is doing really bad, you know, stars get injured and they're like, all right, there's no way maybe then I I think it's even later on, but yeah, look at the brewers. Say the brewers just, if if everything goes right with the Cubs, if the Cardinals are expected to play as expected, and the Brewers just fall in hard times, they obviously have Adamus at short. They love him, but I think he's a free agent after next year. So you can kind of bring in Torres or bring in Peraza, put them at second, kind of play around with that. They always need offensive help. Yeah, and they have. I'm not saying that Torres is going to get you one of their stud pitchers, but if you put Peraza in there too, then you're talking one of their top pitchers possibly. Right. Which is something the Yankees would definitely be interested in. You know, if you're talking Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, okay. You know, now we're listening, <laughs> right? <laughs> but um, yeah, and I think they just signed Luke Voigt too. Luke Voigt, excuse me. The yeah, he, op- he could have opted out and then they signed him to a one-year deal. So he made the team. Okay. So good I, for him, you know. Yeah. He, between him and Rowdy Tellers, they got the softball first base covered. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. He just sticks around. He's kind of like. Yeah. Yeah. He's He is older than I thought he was. I remember you bringing that up last year. Because I always think of him as being like, you know, 24. Right. But he's 32 right now. Yeah. So he's got maybe, uh, he's got to do something this year, I think. Yeah. This is his show me year. Yeah. I mean, 32 years old. If you're not hitting right now, even if it's just pinch hitting and stuff like that, you, you got to do something. If you don't do something now, it's going to be very hard to make a team next year at 33. Mm-hmm. You know, Talking with- about former Yankees, what, what's going on with Gary Sanchez? I don't know. Is he still out there? <laughs> I think he might be. That I I still can't believe that. I'm not saying he's great, but that's shocking that he's still available. Yeah. 
I mean, how bad is he for him to be that bad, you know, to be not even picked up at this point? Um, you would think with his bat, somebody would, you know, figure it out and say, all right, let's bring him, you know, and work with him. Uh, but I, I still can't believe he's, he's still out there. I thought somebody would have, you know, signed him to be a backup catcher. You know, you could do worse, I guess. Least. Stash him in AAA. Yeah, at the very least, maybe he doesn't want that. Well, he's gonna have to take it now if he wants to still play. Obviously, yep. But, yeah, very, very surprising. Um, and then, I, I, as far as the big league club, the Yankees is. We were talking about it just before we started. Um, the final couple of roster spots. It's pretty much relief pitcher. Yeah, for us, it looks like, um, and the fourth outfielder, I think that's yeah. the other position where it's kind of up for grabs because you got um, Florio's out of options. So, and they like, they love him. So I could see him getting it. Um, but the other guy, uh, Calhoun, Willie Calhoun, he hit really well in spring training. Um, Ortega hit well too. I don't know if he's, and neither one is as good as defensively as Florio is. And neither one has the running ability as Florio. So I, I, I don't know. I would think Florio is going to get it just because he's out of options unless they could trade him and get something for him. Um, you know, for, and for me, I look at it this way. Fourth outfielder should be a, a defensive first guy. You know, he should be a good glove. And a guy who could play center, which is something we really don't have right now with Bader out. With Bader out, you got probably it's going to be Hicks, right? Hicks. As crazy as it sounds, he's better in center than he is in left. You know, maybe he's an average center fielder now. So. Right, at best. But he's really, he's looked really bad even now in spring training in left field. But he's looked better in center field. So um, hopefully Bader is not out that much longer. And, you know, we'll see him back in a couple of weeks and it won't be so bad. But I, I would think they're going to keep Floreal just because of that better defensive player. He could play center you know run probably quicker than the three than the other two um and then the other and then the uh the last reliever spot basically um it looks like it's going to be you know the usual clay holmes michael king uh loisaga peralta marinaccio they they said jimmy cordero's making it and they said albert abreu is going to make it oh, and wow. yeah nobody likes abreu i mean he's he's <laughs> he struggled a lot even last year and they, they cut him and then uh, I think Kansas city signed him and then they cut him and then we signed him again. Um, but obviously the Yankees got something for, you know, some sort of soft <laughs> spot for him. And um, I think he's out of options too. So I guess they're giving him one last shot and, um, and we see how it goes. And, and then the last spot is going to be, they're saying it's between Weissert who was up a little bit last year. And someone named Ian Hamilton, who I've not seen much pitch, but he pitched very well in spring training. He pitched uh, eight and a third scoreless innings this spring. So That's pretty maybe, good. yeah, maybe he'll get it. And, you know, and then you got the guys um, that are out that will eventually come back, you know, Lewis, Lewis Hill, he'll be back uh, later on, Montas later on, you know, and Canely and uh, Lou Trevino will be back eventually. So hopefully not too. I think Trevino is the longer one who's out, Kane or vice versa. I forgot what it was. 
but um, hopefully not more than a month or two for either one. So reinforcements are on the way. At some point, yeah, even the starters, right? I mean, uh, Severino, uh, Severino, between Severino and Rodon, I, it, Severino had the same injury as, as last season when he missed two months. But they're saying it's a diff, in a different spot and it doesn't hurt as much. So, but who knows what that means exactly, <laughs> right? It's a strain, so it could go either way. But um, uh, they're hoping it's not the two months. Um, and then Rodon, I think they said he threw a 30 pitch. Um, he pitched 30 pitches today and he said he felt nothing, nothing was wrong. He felt fine. So I think in another five days, he'll pitch again and maybe go up a few more pitches and go from there. And hopefully he'll be back in a couple of weeks. You know, maybe we'll see him by the end of uh, April. So hmm. that, that won't be bad, but the guy that made the, um fifth starter is Brito who pitched great yesterday he pitched five and a third of uh no hit ball against Toronto yeah so, is he a, was he like a, a prospect coming up that you'd heard a lot from or Brito a little bit um not as much as the I'll be honest not as not as much as the guys that we traded away last uh trade deadline <laughs> those three or four guys we traded away no but he was right on but right below them um, he looked pretty good yesterday, I have to say. I mean, obviously, no hits through five and a third is pretty solid. But um, so it, it'll be interesting how he, how him and um, Clark Schmidt pitches. Yep. You know, Herman, I think we know what he's what he's capable of. But I think Schmidt, we're kind of we've been waiting how many years now for him to really be the starter on this team, and now he's gonna he's gonna have a chance if he. If he shows out, you know, he'll probably stay at that number five spot, even when Rodon and uh, Severino return. So. Yeah, it makes sense. It's, yeah. Uh, it's got to be a good feeling to have if you're Clark Schmidt. You finally can, you get in this opportunity, now you can make the most of it and just go forward instead of just being that guy that was always billed as something and not quite living up to it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so how do you, how do you guys look going in to the uh, it's, opening day? It's going to be interesting because the final <laughs> roster position, uh, spot on the roster is up to Jared Duran, or I'm going to butchers for Rymel Tapia, the guy from the former Blue Jay and Rocky. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. The outfielder, right? Yeah. But he's signed to a minor league deal. So they're going to have to clear a 40 man roster spot to put him on the roster. Ah, so they might so just send him down. Option. So either way, so if you if you put Duran in AAA and give him more at-bats, consistent at-bats, then you have to clear a roster spot for Tapia. Right. And Tapia has been raking so far, and they they say they're comfortable with him being the backup center fielder to Duval, who's 34, so he's going to need some days off probably. I think... And as crazy as it sounds, Jaron Duran is still is older than Rafael Devers. Wow. How old is he? He's, he's 26, almost 27 now. Wow. And if he needs to get more time, more at-bats, you're not going to get much for him. But I say put Tapia on the team. Try to rehabilitate Duran or Dahlbeck in the minors. Hopefully you don't need them and you can trade them for something. 
Now, what, how, I, I know Duran used to be what, a second baseman, right? He used to be a second baseman, and he was just, his speed, they converted him to center field. Was he really good at second, like he defensively? Was. was he a good second baseman? Yeah. Um, by all accounts, he was, he was average defense. Okay. Hmm. Well, I, cause my thing is why not turn Duran back into a second baseman? Cause it looked like as a center fielder, he's just not that guy. You know what I mean? It looks like he's not very good defensively and right. you know, if he can handle second base, fine, then just put him back at second base and if then put him back at second though, then what are you doing when with Arroyo, Mondesi, and then obviously Trevor Story? Right. But what I, for me, you know, like if you're going to, if you're going to keep him in center and try to trade him, right? Yeah. The value probably is not there because if the guy can't, if he, if he's not a good defender, you know, that's not going to, that's not going to do well for, yeah. I mean, his, the, all the analytics say that he's a below average defender and maybe he's an average defender, but that's just because of his speed. He oh, okay. Bad route running. Yeah. Balls with his speed. And he's, and, and they've been trying for a couple of years now, right? Yeah. It's, it's been a couple of years and he changed his, uh, his batting stance. He's kind of playing more to contact and playing with his speed more, um, as far as his at bats, but I'm not sure if he made the right move by playing for, and I'll never say that it's the wrong move playing for your country in the WBC, but him going and playing for Mexico instead of being in front of Alex Cora every day and impressing him in camp, I think that might hurt him compared to Tapia, who was there and you can see him. Right. That's true. Day. Yeah. Um, the other one was Yu Chang instead of Bobby Dahlbeck. I know they were using Dahlbeck. At, I know he came up as a third baseman. So they used him at third. They even put him at short for a little bit, uh, which is surprising because for a bigger guy, he's, I mean, he's 6'4", but people don't realize he came up as a pitcher and a third baseman. Hmm. Um, just too many strikeouts. Way yeah. too many strikeouts. And he, he had some flashes. He shows decent power, but to me, he's like a Luke Voigt. I mm. mean, yeah, that's not good at the best yeah and that's being kind <laughs> i like the yu chang move he showed up big time in the wbc it's all about like you said with the florial it's similar with the bench with the infield you you want a defense a glove first a guy that can kind of uh play multiple positions and chang does that i think chang is just a placeholder until uh, Mondesi gets healthy and then Mondesi kind of fills that roving utility spot and then obviously if everything was perfect it would be Story at second and Christian Arroyo as our DJ LeMahieu type of player right but the other thing that, that kind of trickled out of their camp was um, the other news was that they're going to have multiple they're going to have Obviously, different lineups for left-handed pitchers and right-handed pitchers, but big-time difference. 
like uh, maybe with a left-handed starter on the mound, they're looking at Christian Arroyo maybe, or Kike Hernandez as the leadoff hitter. And then with a righty, you could have it totally flipped and have Verdugo or Cassis be the leadoff hitter. And somebody like Kike Hernandez could go one day batting a leadoff, the next day batting as low as seventh or eighth. Wow. That is strange. Yeah. And it's just, I think I mentioned this a couple episodes ago. I'm looking at their team and without story and obviously without Bogarts now, the right-handed hitting on this team is a lot of it's up to Duval and Duval because you, I mean, Cassis is a lefty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devers is a lefty. McGuire at catcher is a lefty. Verdugo is a lefty. Yoshida is a lefty. Wow. Yeah, that's most of your lineup. <laughs> Christian Arroyo and Adam Duval. Oof. So it's got Duval's Duval definitely has power. Um, I could see him turning into this year's version of Hunter Renfro for the Red Sox if everything goes right. And they're gonna need him to hit 25 plus home runs because mm. the, my biggest question going into this year, other than Chris Sale's health, is who what team is going to consistently be dumb enough to pitch to Devers because who is protecting him in this lineup? Right. Unless Yoshida, Yoshida has got it. I think he's like that X factor. Like we always talk about, but I think Yoshida or even Duvall, one of the two has to be that protection, which you're talking about. One yeah. of those two guys. Cause I, and, and Justin Turner, I forgot about, obviously he yeah. some veteran leadership and, you know what you're going to get from him, but. Right. And I think asking for like Cassis to be, to be the protector of Devers, but they're both lefties. So I don't think they bat them right next to each other anyway. Um, But yeah, I think, yeah. I think Yoshida or, or Duvall has to be, you know, a big time producer in that lineup. I know, yeah. I know they're asking for a lot, but I think they do. One of them. Yeah. Least. Look, I mean, we saw what Yoshida did in the WBC and, they gave him a five-year, $90 million deal. And people at the time were questioning it, and me included, you know. Um, but he's got great bat-to-ball skills. He's getting better on left field defensively. They always said he was, at worst, an average defender. And they said, you know, on that on that scouting grading scale, they said he's got great contact skills. So, and... And they haven't projected for, I guess, the um, that that shredder thing that projects all the uh, numbers going into the year. Yeah, they haven't projected for fifteen home runs, seventy RBIs. So, yeah, yeah. I'd like to see more out of him. Actually, yeah. if if it's if that comes with a three hundred average, yes. Yeah, that's not bad at all, right? You got to hit at least three hundred. But yeah, carry those numbers. But I mean, I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. It's it's the lack of power in this lineup without story. Yeah. That's no, I agree. A lot out of Cassis, a lot out of Duvall, because that outfield doesn't have that much power. Verdugo and Yoshida both are good players. They're not great, I don't think. I don't think it's fair to call Yoshida a great player if he hasn't played here yet. Yeah, exactly. It's Now, let me ask you this. Like, now, you know, looking at the team and how it's built, 
like their expectations. What are the expectations around the around the team? Around like what what are they putting out there? Are they expecting playoffs with this team or they're yeah, they're expecting well, they're it's weird because they're giving off this vibe of well, you, when Dustin Pedroia was in camp and Ortiz was in camp kind of mentoring Devers, which I like, but um, they're kind of giving off this vibe like, oh, the teams that were expected to go to the World Series like 2003 didn't make it. And then the teams that weren't expected like 2013 after the um, Boston Marathon bombing just went off and just went on a run and made it to the World Series and won. But it's a hops. It's it's a hop, skip, and a jump to get from where this team is to say they're postseason bound. Hmm. I, I think, I think they're trying to come up with a narrative that they're going to be the feisty underdog and no one's going to expect them. Everyone thinks that Baltimore has the young guns, and everyone knows what the Yankees are, and Tampa always figures a way out. I think they're trying to say. Don't forget about us. We're right. Still, we're still around. We're still here. We're, we're going to have something to say about the AL East. That's what they're saying in the camp. But what I think, I think a lot has to go right for them to make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. You're asking for a lot. Like I said, those two guys have to produce big time. You're asking for a rookie, uh, a foreign player coming here for his first year. And then you're asking for Chris Sale to stay healthy, Trevor Story to come back, Kike Hernandez switching positions. Um, and someone else in that pitching staff has to step up too, even if Sale, even if Sale yeah, is Chris cool. Sale. I, I like the addition of Corey Kluber because, like I said, I think Corey Kluber and Chris Sale, Chris Sale's got to turn into a Corey Kluber. He's got to realize that his best days of just being a thrower are behind him. He's got to turn into a pitcher. And right. He's with the fact that he's had injuries and he's a different type of pitcher. So I see a lot of Corey Kluber in Chris Sale now, but I like the Kenley Jansen move. Uh, he came out of the game a couple of nights ago because he was lightheaded, but he came back from that. And um, it's just Tanner Houck has looked horrible this spring training. He gave up another six runs today. Um, I'm just waiting for Bayo to get healthy and Whitlock. Both of them will be back in the rotation. I think a couple times through the rotation, they'll be back in. So middle, middle of the month. With how cool do you think they would put him in the bullpen or is he going to start? Yeah, as a I, think, I think he's more suited for the bullpen. His fastball slider combination. He kind of, to me, he kind of is like Loisaga for the Yankees when he was kind of on for that year and then kind of had a roller coaster next year. I think right now Tanner Houck is best suited for what they did with Whitlock last year, use him for multi-innings and then give him a day or two off. Right. But I mean, my firm projection is that the Red Sox do not make the playoffs. But the one thing that I will say is this season's going to get really wacky for the Red Sox. It could go. Right. It, I mean, they can go on a run and make it really interesting, or it could get really bad real quick. And then a different type of interesting where 
they're they're just giving shots to guys as far as prospects coming up and let's get younger and let's trade off some of the expiring contracts and yeah that's but, true yeah it, yeah, it could, yeah, it could get really right. ugly I don't see them breaking the top three of the AL East yeah that's that's that would be I'll be honest top four is going to be tough for this team yeah I mean with the Orioles whichever order you put the AL East in the Orioles I know they they're not breaking camp with Grayson Rodriguez or DL Hall hmm. so that's kind of a big news and they and like we said I think you brought it up once before they didn't make that huge signing in the offseason yeah I I was I just I don't know I was expecting them to be much busier in the offseason after yeah. last year I thought all right they're going to spend some money yeah. and and be serious contenders, right? They still are. I think they're still a good team, but I was just, I don't know. I'm, I was just expecting more, um, more of yeah, a, definitely. you know, cause I mean, their, their rotation is still, you know, Kyle Gibson, I think is this is the opening, opening day. Starter. Day yeah. I, I don't know. I, they should have did better than that. I'm sorry. You know, you yeah. got all these prospects. That's great. But you know, you still gotta, you still gotta sign a couple of guys to fill in, you know? to be to add to these great young players that you got totally agree um i I think they could have used i mean they didn't have to go out and overpay for degrom but i think they could have used a like a nathan ovaldi yep even a Corey kluber somebody that could go into that locker room and say this is how it's done yeah even if their best days are behind them you're still paying for what they've done and what they can provide the younger prospects as far as showing them how to pitch. Yeah. Even Walker, right? Michael Walker was out there and he had a really good season for you guys last year. Yep. So he's proven he could pitch in the American league East. Um, I thought that would have been a good one just to, you know, just some veterans in there, just solid players. And, and again, they still got a pretty good team. Um, But you're just expecting these, you're assuming that, you know, Gunnar Henderson is going to be what everybody thinks he's going to be. And Adley Rutschman is just going to continue to be this great catcher. You know, I think you're adding, you're asking a lot for some of these guys. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think most people have the Red Sox and Orioles kind of battling it out for that fourth place. Yeah, I would, I would, yeah, I'll definitely agree to that. Yeah. And then the top three are just, uh, to me, uh, I'm scared of the Rays. It, not in a, not in the usual like watch out for them. Um, I would be scared if I was a Rays fan because I think this might be the year where they come back down a little. Wow. I mean, they still they still win some eighty something games, but right. come back down as far as I f- I think they'll firmly third, maybe fourth place. So you, you don't think they're making the playoffs? I don't think the Rays are making the playoffs. Wow. I, uh, what's his name, came out of the game a couple nights ago because of a, I think his oblique was hurt, Franco. If they don't get a monster season out of Wander Franco. Right. I mean, we say it all the time. Who are you pitching around in that lineup? No, I I mean, other than Franco, I mean, Rosarena, if he's not playing in a big game. Yeah, if it's not October. Right. In October, yeah, the guy you could 
the guy's going to be, you know, <laughs> the best, the best player on the team. <laughs> obviously, Tampa Bay knows they know how to win. They have a track yeah. record, and they always do it a different way. But they have some good players. Obviously, Yandy Diaz is he just gets on base. Rosarena in big games. Franco is a, a generational talent. But you got to see a guy like Brandon Lau finally break out. Yes. Right? He's one of those guys. Paredes played really good last year, but. And then you know. didn't they get rid of G Man Choi? Yeah, he's not there. Well, what are they doing with their catching position? Um, well, Christian Betancourt played for them today. Okay. Um, and listed, it's just him and Francisco Mejia. Okay. Yeah. Those, yeah. Those are the only two guys that are listed right now for them at catcher. So I guess that's who they're going with. Yeah. For better or for worse. <laughs> but uh, their pitching is good. I mean, you look at their, especially the rotation. I like their rotation. Um, bullpens. Trying to trying to figure out their bullpen is good luck. Yeah, their bullpen is. You know who they? Well, we don't know what who their bullpen is. But you know they're going to be good, right? Whatever, exactly. whatever, exactly. They, whoever their names are, they'll be good. It's like a law firm. You hear three or four Tampa Bay pitchers' last names together, and you're like, "Nah, I'll go with them." Yeah, that's it. They're, they'll be good. Just, just resides to the fact that they'll be good. What is? What are the expectations coming out of Yankees camp? Is it the typical? Yeah, I, I, we have to. This is our team to win. This is our division to win. Make the playoffs and. Absolutely. That. I think they're Super Bowl or bust, basically. Again, as usual, I, I don't I don't know how you could. Yeah, a, a Super Bowl. <laughs> I think it's World Series. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Yeah, World, yeah. It's, it's World Series of bust for this team, like, yeah. like it is always. I mean, how can you not think that as a, as a Yankee player or as a Yankee fan at this point? Um, if everybody's healthy, yeah, this is a team that I, I've said it, you know, I, I've told you too. I, I've said it here. I've I say it all the time. They have to be healthy in, in October. That's when that's when this team has to be healthy. Obviously, they have to be healthy during the season, but they have to get to the finish line. You know, last year, you didn't have DJ. You didn't have Benintendi, and you didn't have Matt Carpenter going into the postseason. That's a third of your lineup and, you know, and three contact hitters, which is something we needed last year. And we didn't do well, right? Yeah, we beat the Indians, but yeah, who cares? The thing that you got to beat is the Astros, and we can't you you can't beat the Astros with a third of your lineup no. out. Yeah, it's just know? not fair. Yeah, so like they have to get DJ to the finish line. They have to get him to the end of the season somehow. If they got to give him more days off, whatever it is, he he is so important. You know, we we talked about X Factor. He was my X Factor for this team. Um, I think adding, you know, Anthony Volpe to the mix as a as the shortstop, I think that's good. You know, get some more young talent in there. And yeah, that was gonna be my my next question. What it's a two-part question. What are your expectations for him this year? And then what what are realistic expectations for hmm. for Yankee fans to have? I, I think obviously the comparisons yeah. come up with him and Jeter. Yeah, I uh I look at it this way. He's, I think he's going to be solid in the, in the, in the field. Like, is he going to be spectacular? No, I think he's going to be a solid defensive shortstop, but I think offensively we've seen he's got power. So I think you could, I think you could give him, 
I would say close to 20 home runs. I don't know about 30, but I think 20 is, I think that's fair to expect between 15 and 20 this season. Yeah. Um, and if they, and if they let him run, I, I could see him stealing 20 to 30 bases, you know, but it also depends on how many games, you know, health and all that. Yeah. Of but course. If everything, yeah. I think if everything goes right, I could see him going 20, 20, 20 home runs, stolen okay. bases, you know, if he hits, maybe what 270 260 uh, we'll take that I, I don't think that's i don't think that's uh too high of expectations for him yeah if i remember correctly i think and they're different players but uh jeter what did he have like 12 home runs 70 rbis his rookie year i think uh that sounds about right something like that but yeah i think the main thing with volpe is just continue getting better defensively just make the sure plays, just be consistent, and then let them let it loose on the base paths. Take the extra base, be aggressive, and the home runs will come. They yeah. always like look for when a guy is getting doubles, hitting doubles, then the home runs will come after that. And just use his speed. Yeah. Jeter Jeter went 10 home runs, 78 RBIs, uh, 14 stolen bases, but he batted 314. Uh, on base was 370. Yeah, so you maybe you give up a little with the average, but then you get some more stall bases and a little more power. Yeah, yeah. And RBIs, maybe yeah, maybe that much too, because you know what? It And it depends where he bats. I think they're going mean, to start him. him. If you put him lower in the order, you're still going to have people on base. Yeah, you should. Yeah. I agree. So, so. yeah, it, it's going to be – he's an interesting guy to watch because, you know – we're expecting again. The expectations are going to be higher than what I'm saying. Obviously, Yankee fans are going to want you know the moon from him. Obviously, but um, we definitely have to. It'll be interesting to see how he handles being you know playing in New York, the pinstripes and all that. And the random question is because of the pinstripes and everything. What number does he break camp with? Well, he's been wearing 77, and he was wearing that because his dad's idol was Mickey Mantle every player all that so he might stick with 77 um if he goes with the lower number uh the lowest number that's available is 11 but that was gardner's number would they give him that i don't know um or 13 13 was uh a rod's number Eesh. not that that matters or even it was most recently uh joey gallo's number yeah so um you know yeah. It could be one of those. I listen. If he, I would love him to keep seventy-seven. You know, just because of the story behind it, and you know what, uh, Aaron Judge has ninety-nine. Yeah, look, keep if him at seventy-seven, I'm just proving that. you could, you could roll out there with a decimal on your back if you're hitting home runs and playing well. Yeah, nobody will care. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping, and seventy-seven. It's, it's like it's your own number, right? Nobody. Nobody had that. He's never going to yeah. be like, well, you know, is he as good as that number that, you know, good as that player wore that number? And so I, I love this. I, I love the fact. I love that idea of him playing seven, playing with number 77. So. Cool. And yeah. I wanted to get to the Jordan Walker and because we were talking about Volpe and talk about other prospects that got called up or got optioned back down. But before that, I did want to, I wanted to stick with the Yankees Red Sox talk for a little bit because we're so close to opening day. Um, 
what do you think other than not X factor, not even expectations, but what is, who is maybe one or two players that you're looking at saying they're not getting enough publicity, but they're going to be a big time factor for the Yankees. It could be a guy that isn't even breaking with the team. It could be a guy that's in triple a or. Hmm. Um, I think a couple of guys, I, I think Clark Schmidt, I think this is his opportunity. He's got to step it up. Um, he knows he's going to, or at least he should be in that rotation until Montas returns, I think. Um, I don't think they're going to put him back in the bullpen or something or send him down to AAA. I think this is his time, and I think he's going to step up. He's looked good in spring training, and I think he knows that this is his time to step it up and be a part of this rotation. Um, so he's one guy. And I think another guy, I think, is Donaldson, right? Everybody's crapping on him. He's garbage. Listen, I'm one of them that I wanted him out of here, too. But I think this is the year that whatever it may be, if this is going to be his last year in, in, major, in the major leagues, if it's going to be if he's playing for another season, whatever it is, I think he's going to lay it all out on the line and try to prove everybody wrong that last year was just a – a mirage like that was just whatever that's in the past that that didn't happen basically that wasn't me the real me is coming out this year and i think he's gonna i i think he's gonna bounce back a little bit he's not gonna be an mvp like it was a few years ago i, I don't think he's gonna be that but i think he's gonna be a more respectable offensive player this year just because and you know like they he changed his batting stance a few days ago and since he did that he's been hitting the ball hard and all that so um, I just think he's got a lot to prove this year and not to prove, I, sh- I don't want to say prove, but just kind of like for himself. Like, I think this is his last year to say, all right, what, what, how am I going to leave this game? Am I going to leave this game the last two seasons of my career completely looking bad offensively, you know, looking like a player that's done, or am I going to go out on my terms, you know, the way I know I could hit, you know? So I, I think he's going to bounce back. A little bit. Interesting. How about for you with the Red Sox? I think the easy ones are to say, you know, somebody like the young guy, uh, Cassis or Bayo. But I'm going to go with somebody that didn't quite make the team, but will get meaningful at bats in this this year for the big league club. Is their one of their top prospects, Sedan Rafaela? He's a he's a guy that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. He was the one that. He made the futures game after being an unranked prospect a couple of years before that. He's, right. And I'm not, I, it's not fair, but the comparisons to Mookie Betts are there because of his build. He's like five, eight um, speed guy and his glove is ready for the big leagues and he can play multiple positions. And it, it was just about his hitting and he, this will be his first taste of triple A, but Last year, he went from like the 30th ranked prospect in the Red Sox farm system to, I think, the number two. Wow. Yeah. That's a big jump. Yeah, it's a big jump. But he, I mean, he really proved it. Uh, I'm not doing him justice. He His stats were incredible. And he could play all over the outfield, all over the infield. It's just, you know, the usual stuff at that age, at 22 plate discipline and whatnot strikeouts but i think he's gonna 
I think between injuries or underperforming players, I think he, he's going to have a big say in this summer for the Red Sox. So Does he start in double A or triple A? He starts in triple A. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he had, he got a half a season in at double A last year when he was, I think he didn't turn 22 until September. So he's still 22. He'll be 23 at the end of the year. I think he's going to be in the big leagues this year. Wow. Yeah. That's an amazing jump for him when you think about it, how much he's yeah. improved. So Definitely. yeah, that'd be interesting. But uh, speaking of prospects, I know Jordan Walker, a guy that I was going to pick late in our fantasy draft and some other guy swooped him up. <laughs> I'm not sure who it was, but mm. you got Volpe and Walker on your bench. And let, let me tell you something in my other uh, fantasy, just to break off real quick in my other fantasy team, that's a keeper league. I have, I had Volpe from last year. I kept him as my minor league player. You get to keep one minor league player. Nice. So I kept him. And I also drafted Jordan Walker this year. And now that Volpe made it, I could advance him to the regular team. Now I have a minor league spot open. And who did I pick? Thanks to you reminding me, uh, painter from the Phillies. I, I added him. There you go. So. And but, he, uh, he looks the part. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think he's a little bit, I, he hasn't pitched. He's a little raw right now, but yeah. he, he made a huge, I mean, I think he's only 20 right now. And they said they're expecting him to play this year. Yeah. On the big, you know, maybe as a reliever, but yep. he's supposedly playing and um, it'd be interesting. I, I, I think with St. Louis, I mean, when you look at that team, like Jordan Walker is normally a third baseman. Obviously he's not going to be a third baseman for the Cardinals, but right. I mean, offensively, I mean, it's just unreal what, what this team is, is putting out there. Right. I mean, you got Goldschmidt, Brendan Donovan, Tommy Edmund at short, obviously Arenado at third. And then like backing up the infield, you got Nolan Gorman as well, who's another young Contreras, a catcher. Yeah. And then the outfield, Jordan Walker, Tyler O'Neill, and Lars Nupar with Dylan Carson behind them. So I mean, we said it. If they get enough, if they could add a pitcher. A top of the you know top of the line pitcher. This is yeah. a team to watch out it, for. I think. <laughs> obviously, anything can happen in like a game seven at at the end of the series. But uh, to me, they're lacking that that one alpha pitcher. But other than right. those, uh, yeah, who's their ace? Nicholas. You'd have to give it, if it's if if it's game seven and everyone's healthy, you'd have to either give it to Wainwright or Flaherty. Right. And I don't know how, how's Flaherty pitched? Well, they lost yesterday. Didn't they, were they the team that lost 24 to one? I know it's spring training. Yes. Flaherty gave up, I think seven runs. Um, my big, I, maybe Wainwright because of the experience. Yeah. Pro, yeah. I, I'm going to go Wainwright too. Um but obviously short leash and they could, they could cobble together. If, if there's enough days off with the game seven, they could cobble together between Wainwright Flaherty and somebody like Montgomery. He has not pitched well though in spring training Flaherty yeah. in five games. He's got a six, 
6.4 ERA, 19 and two-thirds innings pitch. He's given up 26 hits, 14 runs, uh, a couple of home runs, and 15 Ks. That's not good. Yeah, seven walks. So it's it's crazy, right? That guy a few years ago, we thought, wow, this guy's going to be in, you know, this guy's yeah. going to be an ace pitcher, and he's obviously got it in him. It's just, you know, the guy's got to stay healthy. Yep. And my biggest question with Jordan Walker is, what position does he get? Is he DH? Is he roving in the outfield, kind of multiple positions? And how does that affect his game at the plate? Right, exactly. Um, I would think he's going to play left or right. Uh, I know that, I think that's the way they were trying him in left or right field. Um, yep. um, so, yeah, and I think DH, will pr- he'll probably DH a lot, but you don't want to DH a guy too much especially if you're not used to it, you know, for a young player to DH is tough. Yeah. It's, it's tough because, you know, when you're in the game in the, in the outfield, it's different. And, you know, you're, you're part of the game. It's hard to, to just bat. I think as, especially as a young player veteran, you know, you're more used to it. You could, you could do it, but for a kid that's 20 years old, 21 years old, I think that's asking a lot for him to be like your regular DH. Yeah, I totally agree. And then the other prospect news that kind of surprised me was uh, Beatty and Vientos, along with others, uh, Alvarez, not making it for the Mets. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm with you. One out of the three would have broke camp with the team. Yeah, I just, for me, and I, you know, we kind of talked about it too um, on the show on Friday night. I, I just think that they want to give them the regular at bats. You know, I think yeah. if I don't think they're ready to give Beatty the starting third baseman position when they have Escobar there, right? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think that's it. They they're gonna have a heck of a team in AAA though. Yeah, I mean, just Beatty, those three guys alone. Alvarez, Mauricio. Right, Mauricio too. That's that's a decent infield right there. Yeah, and supposedly Escobar is a big Buck Showalter uh favorite player so yeah i wasn't saying to like say that escobar isn't a good player i just thought that the time was right for yeah no me too i'm with you and i I, maybe if they didn't pick up uh navarez to catch yeah maybe alvarez would have been the guy um and And another former yankee just made the final roster spot i think for the mets too le castro yeah and here's another reason why too you leave him down in the minors they're going to rake. They're going to do well, whatever. Keep that trade value up, right? Because we, we've talked about it enough yeah. that if a player becomes available, and obviously it might be Otani, that's the big name this, to watch this year. If he becomes available, the Mets are going to be players for him. And yep. if, if they're going to get him, it's got to be Beatty. It's got to be Alvarez. It's got to be, you know, it's got to be those guys that's going to go. I mean, that's who the Angels are going to want. That's what any team is going to want. Um, in any kind of trade for their top player that they're going to trade. Right. So I think this is smart on, on that end too. Like, listen, if they're not going to get regular at bats and even if here's the other thing, even if they were going to get regular at bats, maybe they're holding them back for that reason to keep their trade value high, because let's say if Beatty or let's say uh, even worse, if Alvarez made the team and he was their starting catcher, you know, that's a lot of pressure for a kid, right. To be a starting catcher, on a team that's, you know, 
headed. Look at what happened with Joey Bart last year. Yeah. And they weren't even that good last year when you think about it. Right. So now you put added pressure on the kid and he might struggle a little bit. And now that trade value just drops. Right. Because now it's like, oh, this guy can't make it. He's young. He's it's too much for him. You know, but if you keep him in the minors and he's, you know, he's raking like he's been, that trade value is going to stay high. You know, and when 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 the Mets start calling teams like, oh, we need a bat, we need a pitcher, whatever. Okay, we want that guy. We want, you know, we want Alvarez. We want Beatty. We want Vientos. Um, so I, I think it's I think it's a little bit of both of what they're doing. But I think this year, no matter what, even if it's not Otani, I've said it, the Mets are going to make a big move this year. I, I could, if I had, if there was a bet, <laughs> I would be on that bet because there's no way they're going to do what they did last year and pick up, you know, a Vogelbach or Darren Ruff, you know, there, and they released Darren Ruff today too. So, um, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And Met fans are very happy about that, by the way. So as well, um, they should be probably. Yeah. Yeah. He was not so good. No. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think it, it's, it's an, it was interesting. Like I I'm I'm with you. I thought one of them was going to make it, but thinking about it, you know, number one, where would the at-bats come? Yeah, you know? it makes sense. I mean, yeah, it would, it's probably the smarter in the long run to do what they're doing. I, I think the one guy that would have got more at-bats would be Vientos as the DH. But now we're talking about what we what we just spoke about with Walker. Do you want this guy DHing? You know, is he going to be able to handle that, just DH at-bats? Yeah, that's tough for So. Okay. In in all the you know unless an injury happens, I don't think we'll see them come up right away. You know, I think if you know Escobar gets hurt, yeah, I think Beatty will be right up. Or maybe if one of the catchers gets hurt, yeah, we'll see Alvarez. And what what does Vientos play? Is he a third baseman or is he an outfielder? I thought he was more a corner outfielder. Yeah, I think he has to be right. He was like to me. I'm trying to remember because there were talks about him maybe getting traded to um, last year to the Red Sox with JD Martinez. Oh, okay. He's third, first. You're right, third baseman. Third, oh, wow. It's like 6'4, mm. 220. He's played, let's see, he started as a shortstop, but then switched to third and then played the out left field. And first base. She's played a little bit of everything. Yeah. Okay. And he's, I mean, last year he was in AAA, played like 27 games his first, 58 at third base. So. Yeah. All right. So that'd be interesting. His bat that'll get him. Right. I wonder if one of them is hitting, the other one's not. Are they going to bring up that guy if. If there's yeah. a spot opening up, you know, because of an injury, I wonder if they'll play that game or they're just going to bring up Beatty first, you know? That'd yeah, be- also the righty-lefty type of consideration with their yeah. line. That's true. Yep. So that, that might come into play. That would be interesting. Yeah. And then uh, I guess I guess we just have final thoughts because this is opening day week. I can't believe it. It's yeah. finally on us and – the Yankees are starting out at home against San Francisco on Thursday afternoon. Yep. And you got obviously Garrett Cole on the mound. San Francisco is a weird team this year. So yeah, <laughs> the Yankees, you know, 
should be you're obviously looking forward to that and gonna be watching right oh absolutely and i i listen with the injury i hate the injuries but i i'm also looking forward to some of these guys that we probably wouldn't have seen get you know get starts or get um chances in the bullpen um so i'm i'm kind of interested to see how you know clark schmidt like i said he knows this is his time so I really want to see him run with it and and have a really good season. Um, Herman, let's see what Brito could do. You know, I'm, his expectations obviously a lot lower because he wasn't supposed to be up. So, um, but um, yeah, and you know, it's opening day. It'll be great. Um, the reaction for Volpe is going to be immense when he gets introduced at the stadium. Yeah, I can. So. I can only imagine. <laughs> Yeah, Yankee, and listen for any fan, especially Yankee fans, they love their young players when they come up, right? I'm sure it's with the Red Sox too. You know, I'm sure when when uh, when Mayer comes up, I'm sure they're going to go nuts when he gets finally introduced at at Fenway for his yeah. first game. So, um, so I'm I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, and just you know, just start off good. I don't want them to. It'd be great if they started off like last year, <laughs> but I'm not expecting that good of a start. But uh, if they could start off good, especially get through that first month with all the injuries and slowly get Rodon back and Severino back, um, Canely, and, you know, get this team back up to where they are and, and stay as healthy as possible this year, uh, it'd be great, you know? So how yeah, about you? The Red Sox start again at home against uh, the Orioles. A little note is that they have an all-new – almost an all new um, announcing crew because Eckersley retired. So you get a bunch of former players that are going to rotate in. Lou okay. Marloni, Will Middlebrooks, and Kevin Millar. So Millar's in his second season, but all three of these guys are great as color analysts. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to it. Seeing Kluber on the mound, that's going to take a minute to get used to, but I feel like I'm back 10 years, but. And then for sales, pitching game too. So just hopefully the next couple of days, everybody breaks camp healthy, as healthy as can be, and good weather in Yankee Stadium and Fenway. And it should just be a great opening day. Yeah, it's supposed to be nice weather too on, on Thursday for us. So Yeah, I think, I think so with Boston too. So Cool. Yeah. So seeing the opening day, seeing the uh, – the the crowd's reaction to certain players and who they get jazzed up for on Boston side will be interesting. And um, until next, I guess next week we will have games to review, which will be great and series to preview and whatnot. But until then, this was episode 90 of Talking Rivals. You can find us at Talking Rivals on Twitter. Uh, Chris is at CP7NY. I'm at Patrick Trotty. Uh, you can find us www.talkingrivals.com, wherever you get your podcast, Amazon, Google, Spotify, all of them. Um, you can find us also at Sportswire Radio, sportnarium.com backslash player. Thanks to, to the manager, Thomas Bryce. And um, until next week, enjoy the games. Finally, we can say that. So take finally. care. Play ball. Take care. <laughs>